What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. Still moving on. Still moving on. This is for my day ones. This is for my day ones. Come on. And before we continue, if you would hit that subscribe button and that bell, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, you could check out my music, the Rise of Tim Roosevelt album out now. All of that good stuff. Hit them buttons. Check that music out. And let's get into the stories, people. And first, story on the docket. I have to stress once again. I come bearing once again a similar expression, a similar phrase, so to speak. Anime fans, you gotta do better. Anime and manga fans, you need to improve on the behavior because it's like for years and years and years I've been reporting on just wackos doing nut job stuff because yeah another actress in the world of this time around Naruto uh, has dealt with some serious issue and it was just as recent as Jump Festa 2024 you know I just made a big video on it and all that jazz on Jump Festa well apparently one of the actresses a major actress from Naruto uh, dealt with a stalker dealt with some severe harassment at Jump Festa 2024 and it kind of reminds me I want to say it was the voice actor actress of Hinata a few years back dealt with a similar instance of a stalker and harassment I believe it was just what a few episodes back on Forever News we spoke about the writer or one of the novelists from the Naruto novels dealing with a stalker and threats and all sorts of stuff before we jump any further into this story about the Sakura actress I gotta stress that yo this is this is weird bro this is getting out of hand like what are we doing here but let's read so you guys can get full context because I'm right now just at a loss at what the hell is happening with anime manga fans what are y'all doing let's read sakura haruno actress breaks silence after being stalked it may look glamorous being a celebrity but there are downsides to the fame time and time again we have seen people in the public eye face horrors like stalking and harassment while privacy etiquettes in Japan keep some celebrity identities private, many actors are unable to avoid the limelight. This goes for one of the actresses behind Sakura Haruno and the Naruto star is speaking up after being chased down by a fan at Jump Festa. It's crazy, dog. Jump Festa was literally like a week or two ago. What the heck is going on? The confession comes from Yui Ito herself as the actress recounted a rather scary experience from Jump Festa 2024. The star who plays Sakura in the most recent live-action Naruto play, yeah, to be specific, this is Sakura from the live-action play, not the voice actress of Sakura. I believe those are two different people. Uh, they attended the event to celebrate Naruto. It was there, however, a man chased her around the event and harassed her. She managed to escape his trip. Where was security at? Considering, like, one, she's a celebrity. Two, this is a ginormous event for Shonen Jump and Shueisha. Three, it's an event in general. Like, there was nobody there to just grab the dude and say, yo, what are you doing? That's a little odd. She managed to escape his trail, but despite finding authorities soon after, no evidence could be found of the man's pursuit on CCTV cameras. Ooh, that's... That's not good. Ultimately, Ito left the convention without anything being done. I fell asleep crying. I was so frustrated in the press, she shared on Instagram. As you can imagine, the situation was downright terrifying for Ito, and it is not the first time a creator tied to Naruto has been harassed. In the past, the Japanese voice actor behind Sakura had admitted to receiving online harassment for their role. Wow, I 
didn't know that one, or maybe I did, and I'm, I, I'm misremembering and whatnot, but I know for sure the voice actress of Hinatra uh, went through something, and the novelist of uh, the Naruto Retsuna novels. More recently, light novel, right here, boom, light novel writer Jun Asaka was targeted. The writer who penned Sasuke Retsuna earned online harassment as the light novel explored Sasuke's marriage to Sakura. Now it seems Ito is the latest Naruto star to be impacted, and the fandom is rallied behind the actress as she recovers from the shocking experience. I'm also starting to notice a common pattern that the harassment of stars in, in anime and manga usually is aimed towards women I'm, I'm i'm starting to notice that like yeah sure there's a anomaly of once in a blue moon of a male actor kind of dealing with some situations but again the female voice actress of sakura the female voice actress of sakura i believe don't quote me on this but the writer of the retsuna novels like what is going on here y'all need to do better and this is once again why people are going to continue looking at a lot of anime and manga fans not all because it's kind of been a little bit more normalized in recent years but people are going to continue to look at anime manga fans like yeah we when they're seeing stuff like this like what is wrong with you know what i'm saying what are you doing what, what are you doing i will add the caveat and i will throw in that it is a little bit odd that if they looked at the cctv cameras if they truly did and they didn't just say like yeah we looked at it we didn't see nothing wrong if they looked at it and they didn't see homie stalking her or following her what happened there why you know what i'm saying so that's something that definitely makes me question like if they actually looked into the incident and they was checking where he was at and whatnot and they didn't see dude following her stalking her or harassing her Either homie was doing it on some very, very sneak tip, like, I don't know, on social media bothering her and saying, I see you and stuff like that, or the security ain't doing their job and they really didn't look at the cameras because that's something that makes me question like, huh, you know, if you look at the cameras and you don't see dude doing anything, then how was he stalking her? So something definitely to note regarding this incident but in general i don't wish this upon anybody and in general if somebody is if you're at a convention i mean anywhere in general in life but if you're at a convention and you have a situation like this by all means get to safety be you know surround yourself by people that love you and care about you go you know the security whatever you need to do in order to feel safe do it because there's no games you know we're, we're in a very unprecedented time to say the least and we can't afford any incidents so uh you just regular person watching this right now if you are dealing with any type of situation even remotely similar to this make sure to do what it takes to be safe and be i wish nothing but the best to this actress and any of the people in the anime manga industry and just in general in the world for that matter that are dealing with situations like this yeah and once again anime manga fans please do better because this is disturbing this makes all of us look bad yeah not 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 good not good not good but moving forward we have a couple of pieces of one piece news i guess for starters let's take a look this was something from uh, jump festa regarding Ichiro oda he actually came out with a message at jump festa i did not cover this in the jump festa episode of forever news let's take a look what oda had to say after one heck of a year that he's had because One Piece has had uh, extraordinarily phenomenal, probably the biggest year the series or the franchise has had thus far, even eclipsing some of the big years because we've had some big manga selling years of you know one piece 2011 37 million copies it was a few years back that i think one piece sold again another 30 something million or 20 something million copy like crazy stuff that one piece has done 
But this year, it felt like it was different. Not only the manga is still selling millions upon millions of copies, we had a successful live-action adaptation. We had a lot of stuff go down. So in a way, you could argue that this year, 2023, was Oda's year. This year was One Piece's year. Let's see what the man says about all of this incredible success and just in general what he had to say hello everyone are you enjoying your visit to jump festa i'm your new school leader hro oda all right there big fella hey your new school leader homie thinks he's buster rhymes leaders of the new school let's go so much has happened in 2023 don't want peace make my people want to jump jump don't this peace make my people want to jump jump so much has happened in 2023 and in no time at all it will be the end of the year the end of the movie red and the encore screening were a great success oh yeah i forgot about film red being the most successful one piece from all time like yo it's a massive one piece renaissance thank you very much i spent half of this year working on the live action series i went to la and was very nervous to start the distribution of the project even though i was busy behind the scenes i gotta imagine you would be considering every live action up until this point has been met with either mixed reviews or straight up being saying yo dog it stank it smells like my grandfather's old 1943 gym socks it was a huge hit on netflix reigning at the top worldwide for three weeks it's spectacular this accomplishment is probably more than you can imagine but i feel that we have overcome many hurdles and it is a very big step for me someday maybe a japanese manga will be able to win an emmy or academy award that would actually be my dream i have to hold on oda that that's your dream considering everything you've accomplished is it maybe a newer dream because it's okay to come up with new dreams no matter how old you are sure like you can be 70 years old and be like yo it's my dream for one time to touch rihanna or something like yeah okay that sounds a little creepy and weird but you get what i'm saying you can have all sorts of dreams but that sounds like it's a very convenient dream right now so when you know things roll around and whatnot get the people to rally hey come on man this is oda's dream we gotta make his dreams come true look what he's done for the world like i'm just saying oda was that really a dream or did somebody tell you to say that's your dream did you write this speech because how much can one man really do i can tell you right now as somebody that i've been a very busy dude from being a single pops to having you know multiple youtube channels to working on a million and one things off camera that i cannot talk about like yo dog it'd be busy so Maybe sometimes older don't be doing all of this. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. But I guess we got to just take his word for it that it is his dream to get an Emmy or an Academy Award. I have to thank all the production teams who love One Piece all over the world. With Inaki, Jacob, and the rest of the cast. I love how he calls out Luffy and Usopp. Shout out to Luffy and Usopp. And the rest of the cast and the audience today. I feel like we can make that happen. We will do our best for season two so that they can become true Hollywood stars. I I, I rock with that one. I ain't gonna lie. I love that. I, I Even if it isn't really like Oda is 110% really believing that. Although I do think that part it's genuine it sounds genuine at the very least i like that that that's a real one right there oda's like yo we're gonna make them legit you know what i'm saying even though they pretty much oh okay what make what constitutes as a real hollywood star considering one piece was one of the most viewed shows on netflix you know what i'm saying like doesn't that already kind of launch them into stardom i mean i, I guess we gotta wait and see or whatnot but shout out to emily rudd beautiful woman amazing actress i want to see more She's a star to me, baby, you dig. Shut up, Fnav. You just want to hit it. First of all, it's not Fnav anymore. It's Tim. Thank you. 
Now, the anime goes to Egghead as Wano comes to a tearful end. You can also watch full episodes on YouTube now with your mouths wide open. Pause, Oda, what the hell? Your mouths wide open, whoa, major pause. Next year, we will be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the anime. Big plans are in the works, so we hope you're all looking forward to it. Wow, so next year is 20, oh my god, every year is going to be the One Piece year. I will do my best for the manga as well, but so many characters have suffered so many things this year. It's a really terrifying world. If Luffy and his friends get out of Egghead safely, will they go to that island? I thought of a route to not go there, but I don't think I could stop Luffy. And is he referring to Elboff? I feel like that's a reference to Elboff. Maybe I'm off on that. I don't know. Y'all let me know. I wonder if in that case, they'll end up fighting for that thing. Yo, Oda, come on. How vague we got to be, dog? We on Egghead Island. You know what I'm saying? Vega Punk. You being more vague than Vega Punk, bro. What are we doing here? And when it happens, the outcome of that fight may turn out to be a surprise. Please look forward to next year's One Piece, as well as the anime's 25th anniversary, and filling my pockets even further. I need to get that cash money, that dough, that green, that fetty, wop Ichiro Oda. Okay, that last line or so was just improvisation from me, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. But yeah, it seems as though Oda understands very well how successful of a year he's had with One Piece and everything that it's, you know, accomplished. And uh, honestly, just uh, aside from what Oda's just saying, as a fan of One Piece for well over a decade, congrats to One Piece and everything. I mean, again, from Film Red, just it's, it's been a, a crazy last couple of years for One Piece for that matter. And also, I got to stress again that I really rock with him saying we're going to do our best so that he can make the cast of the One Piece live action true Hollywood stars. I just, I don't know, I, that felt like Oda's such a real one for saying that. So salute to all of them. Salute to the homie that plays Usopp, homie that plays Luffy, Inaki, Jake. Up, everybody involved, Emily Rudd, homie that plays Zoro, homie that plays Sanji. I'm ready for the next season. I'll be honest with you. Like, yo, if some odd and crazy thing happened where I just stopped following One Piece's manga and anime, 110% I could always at least follow the live action. It's like what, a few episodes every every year, every other year? Why not? Although I don't foresee that ever being the case, but yeah, the live action is pretty good, and I've been Having a good time. Salute. And while we're on the topic of One Piece, we got another story of One Piece this time around. It says, One Piece slides into jeopardy with special cameo. It's hard to deny that One Piece had one of the biggest years for anime in the medium in 2023. We just spoke about that two seconds ago. That's major factamundo. With the Straw Hat Pirates entering their final saga in the manga, the anime scene Luffy gained gear fifth and ending the war for Wano and the live action series hitting Netflix. It was a tough year to top. Before the year ends though, Eichiro Oda's Shonen series aimed to hit one more milestone as it officially became a part of the popular quiz show Jeopardy. Didn't Alex Trebek pass away? I didn't know that it was still going and forgive me if he didn't but I thought I remember him passing. He was like sick or something and if he did, rest in peace. If not, best wishes to Alex Trebek and them, forgive me. Shockingly enough, this is far from the first anime that's been a part of the game show, as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure left its mark on Jeopardy in the past. While the Stars made its way to one of the questions that were part of the show, 2023 also saw the first English voice actor to portray Dio Brando actually play as a contestant. I didn't know that, that's so fire. As One Piece gains more momentum, thanks in part to its live action adaptation, it might just be making more appearances in other media before the Straw Hats finally set sail into the sunset. Real quickly you know things like that just really make me think like yo it was for a long time that outside of japan it looked like yo 
One Piece is just not going to be a thing. Like, you know, they tried it on getting it on TV. It feels like salute to Shueisha that they did not give up on making One Piece something outside of Japan. It feels like... And you could argue that maybe that's something that helped to extend One Piece. Maybe One Piece would have ended a lot sooner. But they made sure like, yo, our baby is humongous over here in Japan. It's the biggest thing. If we could just get the same impact outside of Japan, we will have everlasting revenue coming from this bad boy. And of course, just make it a phenomenon like no other. Because for the longest time, it was just Naruto and Dragon Ball and Bleach and things like that. One Piece has come such a long way and Shueisha never gave up on making it. To the point where 2023 it was one of the biggest juggernauts in the world with anime and manga. So salute to that. I know it's a little spiel in the middle of things. But I like to keep it real how I feel. One Piece Netflix series did the impossible for many anime fans. Creating a live action adaptation that was able to live up to its source material. Both the cast and the crew were avid fans of the Straw Hats. And it certainly helped that creator Eichiro Oda was working on the project as an executive producer. Thanks to the success of the series amongst fans, old and new alike. Netflix wasted little time in confirming that a second season was on the way. And while the second season was confirmed for the live action One Piece, is anyone's guess as to when it will arrive on the streaming services? I'd imagine no later than 2025. Like if 2024 would be really dope, but I'm cool with waiting till 2025. I, I don't, it won't be 2026. If it's 2026, forget about it. Yeah, I could keep it. In uh, confirming that the Straw Hat Pirates will return, Oda himself hinted at the arrival of Tony Tony Chopper, the doctor of the Straw Hats, who just so happens to be a talking reindeer, and yada, yada, yada. So uh, that's what we know. And then one more story in the world of One Piece. According to Usopp's voice actor, Kaido's voice actor has not read the One Piece manga, so when the staff informed him that his role in the anime was over at the moment after recording, he was shocked and said, wait, did I lose? Luffy's voice actress was also surprised to hear the fight was over. So that's kind of hilarious. Like, I never understood that, to be honest with you. Like, I in my mind, I always imagined that if I was a voice actor and I was doing any type of role, but let alone an ongoing series like One Piece or whatnot, I would probably try to do my best to be up to date with it. Obviously, it's a little bit of a different circumstance, I guess, because imagine, you know, you're just some dude auditioning for One Piece and you get it, but you're playing Kaido, who doesn't appear for like eight. 800 900 episodes are you gonna watch 800 900 episodes to do this role so i could kind of understand that aspect but yeah i don't know it's 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 wild to be like doing the voiceover of something and just not knowing what's gonna happen next but I guess a lot of them do it, huh? But for the one time, one more time, shout outs to One Piece. Moving forward, we got some Dragon Ball related news. For starters, we got a message from the artist and writer, co-writer, uh, Toyotaro. A message from Toyotaro Sensei has arrived. Thanks to the support of all you readers, I've managed to draw all the way to 100 chapters. Just quickly salute to Dragon Ball Super lasting 100 chapters. This thing could have been out the window a long time ago, but it didn't. So big shout outs to 100 chapters of Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Super, you can hate it, you can love it, the fact of the matter is, it made it there. Thank you so much. I put a lot of exciting scenes into this 100th chapter, you literally redrew the movie, homie, relax. So check it out starting on the next page. I'm also working hard to make things even more exciting in what's to come after chapter 100. That's what we're waiting for, homie. So please continue to enjoy the Dragon Ball Super manga. We definitely will, but I'll be honest with you, homie, uh, the last year of Dragon Ball Super World, that'd be like last 12-ish or so chapters 
of Dragon Ball Super. For me personally, if I'm being 100% honest, not putting... That was a waste of time. They wasted a year of Dragon Ball fans' lives with redoing that story that... I got the movie right there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the the little prequel thing with Goten and Trunks, I was fine with it. I figured one volume, three or four chapters, who cares? It'll be fun. After that, when they redid the movie... Put that in the incinerator. I'm going to just keep it so real. Like, salute to Dragon Ball. I really, really enjoy Dragon Ball Super. I already have very strong nostalgia for it from the Tournament of Power, the Goku Black arc, the Universe 6 arc. I love the living crap out of a lot of Dragon Ball stuff. Moro was dope to a certain degree. Towards the end, I was a little, but Moro was dope. Granola was fire. This remake of the superhero movie into manga, garbage, man. I don't care. It's not that the manga itself is garbage. It's just that everybody already experienced that movie multiple times. It's one of the highest selling Dragon Ball films. You remade it for a year straight, making people think, even with Chapter 100, there was murmurings like, oh, the way they they hyped it up was ridiculous. They put out, uh, because every month they put out like, I think it's seven pages of sketches, like the first seven pages of each chapter. They put out like these little sketches, kind of like giving spoilers for people that like spoilers. This time around for Chapter 100, they only put out one page and said there's a shocking thing that's supposed to happen, so stay tuned. So we only had one page and people were like, oh, they about to change it up. The superhero movie ain't going to be the same in the manga. They're going to bring in Perfect Cell. They're going to show more of Beast Gohan. Orange Piccolo's going to do something crazy. And it was the exact same story as the movie. Therefore, I say shred it, incinerate it, waste of time. Uh, we could have a year's worth of more story of enjoying our new adventures with Goku, Vegeta, Gohan, Piccolo, and the rest of the Z-Warriors. Yeah, and I say that unforgiving. There's nothing you can make me do to change my mind. They wasted a year of our lives with this BS when we have the movie. We watched the movie. If you didn't watch the movie, fair enough. I'll say that. If you did not watch the movie, you didn't get into it or whatnot, and you only experienced the story from the manga, and you love it, I will give you guys a pass because... Alright, yeah, I didn't watch the movie. But for all of the millions of us that watched it, boo! Get on with it already. We can't wait for chapter 101 to see what the hell is going to happen next. Where's Black Frieza? Let's go back to all of these deities, you know, the different universes, all of this setup and build up. Let's get back to that. Keep this recap bullcrap. And let's get on to the next story of Dragon Ball while we're at it. And yeah, the headline here says Dragon Ball Super may not be done with its superheroes yet oh my god what does this mean what are they talking about dragon ball super's latest manga chapter brought the superhero movies story to a close seeing gohan beast and orange piccolo able to take down cell max while chapter 100 did see the red ribbon army defeated akira toriyama and artist toyotaro have been tight-lipped about what it is to follow the latest storyline and a new translation of the shonen's manga the latest installment hints at the idea we may have not seen the end of the cape crusaders who are a part of the z fighters before manga readers experience the story of dragon ball super superhero in a brand new way the printed story took the opportunity to follow Goten and Trunks in their high school careers. Rather than simply hitting the books and spending time with friends, the sons of Goku and Vegeta took the opportunity to patrol the streets in their superhero attire. Taking a page from Gohan and his great Saiyaman identity, the pair were battling androids created by Dr. Hedo before the grandson of Dr. Jiro joined the Red Ribbon Army. Should the manga continue to follow superheroes, it will most likely further explore Goten and Trunks playing vigilantes. In the new translation that hints at the future of the manga, the manga states that Earth's danger is past, but 
but the superheroes battle isn't over. Oh my God, please, please. Oh God, somebody call, call a medic. Call him. No, what is this? I'm going to keep it all the way real though. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants. No, no, no. We don't want. Who wants that? Who wants more of the superheroes? Like, am I wrong in saying that there's a reason why Kama after X amount of chapters bailed on the Great Saiyaman arc and just jumped straight into Majin Buu and stuff like that? It's because in Dragon Ball, nobody really wants that. If I want superheroes, I'm gonna go watch Marvel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna go watch a Marvel movie or... I know, hey, we're supposed to hate Marvel now. It's, that's the part of the story where we hate Marvel now. Uh, I'll go watch a DC movie. I'll go watch some... Cla I'll, I'll go do something else, homie. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll go read my hero. Oh, can't read my hero. Hey, that's the commonality now. We're supposed to hate superheroes. We're not supposed to like Marvel no more. My Hero Academia is garbage. What's up with that? Salute to Max Powers! One big change in the latest arc from the feature-length film is that readers are able to witness Carmen, the right-hand man to the Reverend Army's leader, has escaped and is looking to return to the criminal organization's headquarters. With the villain still on the loose, perhaps the manga is preparing for another boring arc. I mean, another arc focusing on the two halves of Gotenks. Oh, God damn. One big factor that Dragon Ball fans have been waiting to see is the return of Frieza. Yeah. Who appeared in the final chapter of the Granola Survivor with a new transformation. Yeah. Now harboring a transformation that places the alien despot close to the power of a god of destruction in Black Frieza. The shonen villain is sure to play a serious role in the future of the franchise and that's what we want. I don't want superheroes no more in Dragon Ball. No. 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 Orumaito. Shit, somebody bring in Saitama. Anybody but Goten and Trunks as superheroes. We don't want it. But I guess Dragon Ball Daima, we won't have to worry about that. Because everybody is kids now. Yay! Seriously, Dragon Ball, sturdy up. And yeah, people, that's the stories we have for Dragon Ball this week. Salute to Toyotaro because he was tasked with a job. I'm sure it was the higher-ups that said, Yo, dog, how about you just redraw the superhero arc for the next year? Also, from what I've been told with the latest, which we will read this by the end of the episode, jump over and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. I believe the latest volume of Dragon Ball Super, despite it being, again, more of the re-adaptation of the superhero film, is actually still selling decent, which is like, this is y'all fault. <laughs> y'all are to blame. Y'all did this one, okay? Because why are y'all buying this and telling them that we want this? So if we get more of Goten and Trunks running around in spandex and all this other stuff, it's y'all to blame. You! Moving forward, Black Clover fans, I just wanted to give you something, a little piece. You know, they, they got us so down bad. Our anime is gone. The manga's just now returning because Jump Giga 2024's Winter Cover, which is the return of Black Clover in this new, or not new, but this other magazine from Shueisha, Jump Giga. It got Asta on the cover and boy does it feel good to see the homie. I can't wait for the official chapters to drop. I think they said Christmas if I'm not mistaken. So either Sunday or Monday, this upcoming Sunday or Monday depending on when you're watching this. If not, it's the past Sunday or Monday. The new Black Clover chapter will be out. The cover looks sick of Jump Giga. Also, why do they have Gojo in the corner. Like I could get I get it. Hinata Haikyuu Haikyuu's over. Maybe they're trying to promote it. Using Jump Giga. Why is Gojo in there? They're just like, hey, in case Asta and Black Clover don't sell you on buying this magazine, look at Gojo. Buy the magazine for Gojo. They even put Jump Out Heroes extra Satoru Gojo. They're like they something else. And uh yeah, I think unofficials have been, you know, showing some stuff and there's a really beautiful, gorgeous colored cover page for the upcoming Black Clover chapter. It looks Absolutely phenomenal. It looks like Tabata is putting in 
all the effort now that he has all this time because Asta and Yuno look phenomenal. This cover looks crazy. I need a poster of that. In fact, that is my wallpaper on my laptop as I'm talking to you because this looks so cool. I am so here for Black Clover's return, and I just had to throw that in there. You know me. I I'm always going to scream the Black Clover agenda. Salute Yuki Tabata. I can't wait to read this bad boy. Yo, is it just me or does Magna kind of look like Hiei from Yu Yu Hakusho in that picture? Am I bugging out like he kind of does? Moving forward. Netflix, Netto Furiksu. You ever wonder what was the most watched anime of Netflix in 2023? Well, this is the article we're about to read. Hey, we rhyme. Let's go. Netflix has been exploring the anime world for several years, not just by adding established anime franchises to its roster, but also by creating original anime stories of its own. Recently, the streaming service took the opportunity to share its top series and projects for 2023, and anime was, okay, let me stop, was a big hit. Amongst the many entries, anime fans were able to see what came out on top when it came to the series that currently populate Netflix's library. 2023 hasn't just been a big year for Netflix when it comes to populating its roster with original anime projects such as Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, Black Clover, Sword of the Wizard King, Pluto, and more, but also thanks to its live-action anime adaptations, One Piece arrived earlier this summer and was a smash hit for the streaming service quickly being confirmed for a second season by none other than creator Eichiro Oda. Most recently, Netflix released the live-action adaptation of Yu Hakusho, the story focusing on spirit detectives as they fight against supernatural threats. 2024 is aiming to have some big entries for Netflix as the streaming service has confirmed that Delicious in Dungeon, Beastars Final Season, Tomb Raider, The Legend of Laura Croft, and more will hit the Pudato Fomu. The top anime of Netflix in 2023, standing above the rest when it came to Netflix top anime, was Demon Slayer. Interesting, which has become a runaway hit in a relatively short amount of time. Tanjiro and Nezuko were joined by the likes of Hajime no Ippo. Oh, they do have Ippo, don't they? They got Ippo? Am I bugging they got Ippo? Like in the West? Record of Ragnarok, Vinland Saga, One Piece, Pokemon, and many others when it came to the top anime rankings on the platform. It'll be interesting to see if the Demon Slayer Corpse is able to hold its top spot in 2024. Demon Slayer is set to make a comeback next year, yada yada. Let's look at the list. Let's look at the list. Okay, so we'll run through. Uh, 29, Naruto Season 3. 28, Black Clover, Sword of the Wizard King. 27, Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, the series part 2. 26, The Seven Deadly Sins, Dragon's Judgment. 25, Pokemon Master's Journey, season 1. 24, One Piece, Alabasta. I'm assuming that's a movie? 23, Oshinoko, season 1. 22, Attack on Titan, season 1. Damn. 21, Black, um, I almost said Black Clover. Blue Lock. 20, The Seven Deadly Sins, Imperial Wrath of the Gods. 19, From Me to You, Kimi no Tsudoke, season 1. 18, Death Note 2006. Is that the movie or the series? Uh, 17, Junji Ito Maniac, Japanese Tales of the Macabre Season. 16, The Seven Deadly Sins Revival of the Commandments. 15, Naruto Season 1. 14, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District. 13, Hunt the Hunter Season 5. 12, Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, the series part 1. 11, Seven Deadly Sins. 10, Record of Ragnarok season 1. 9, Pokemon Journeys season 1. 8, Demon Slayer Swordsmith Village Arc. 7, Pokemon Series Indigo League season 1. 6, Villain Saga season 1. 5, Villain Saga season 2. 4, One Piece East Blue. 3, Record of Ragnarok season 2. Wow, really? 2, Hajime no Ippo, the Fighting Spirit season 1. Let's go. And number 1, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Tanjiro, Kamado, Unwavering Resolve Arc. That's crazy with the amount of hours being 95,800,000 hours. 
Uh, salute to all these anime, but salute to like a lot of the older Naruto stuff being on there. That's kind of interesting. Villain Saga, both seasons occupying fifth and sixth. Hajime no Ippo being number two. Uh, very, very awesome list, and salute to all those anime. And since we're in talks of Netflix and Yu Yu Hakusho and all that jazz, let's talk about this. Apparently, the live-action Yu Yu Hakusho series has debuted number one on Netflix's global non-English TV rankings. Netflix announced on Thursday that the live-action series based on Yoshihiro Togashi's Yu Yu Manga ranked number one on Netflix's global non-English language rankings for its first week. The series had 7.7 million total views with 32.1 million hours viewed and an average runtime of 4 hours and 11 or 4 out yeah, 4 hours and 11 minutes during the period of December uh, 11th through 17th, the show ranked in the top 10 in 76 countries and number one in seven of them. It ranked number five in the U.S. The series debuted worldwide December 14th, and I still really want to, and hopefully I end up doing it. I do want to make a video on this. Yu Yu Hakusho is my favorite anime of all time, and I feel like it's a crime that I haven't talked about the live action yet to give my opinion. So hopefully I will do that. If not, somewhere on the interwebs I will because I, I feel like I have to. Like I was going to say, I am Yu Yu Hakusho, but yeah, I love Yu Yu Hakusho, so I, I really want to talk about it. Uh, Toho Studios and Netflix signed a multi-year contract to lease two of the stages. Netflix's first production there is live-action Yu Yu Hakusho. I wonder if they're going to do a live-action Hunter Hunter, and I wonder how that would go. I think if it was in the same vein as like what they're doing with some of the recent live-actions, it may go well, but... Big salute to Yu Yu Hakusho because, yo, we went from, it was just what, last year or two years ago that everybody hated Cowboy Bebop's live action and we really thought, nah, it's never going to happen for live action to where we had two, One Piece and Yu Yu Hakusho that at the very least with the masses have been met with pretty good critical acclaim. So there's that. Moving forward, we got a bunch of stories from My Hero Academia. Let's start off with this one. It says here, My Hero Academia creator reveals the secret to creating epic fight scenes. It's hard to believe, but My Hero Academia has been around for nearly a decade. The hit manga went live July 2014. That's crazy, yo. We're literally like what seven months away from 10 years of my hero i still sometimes be like yeah my hero's a newbie uh, uh, wait no it's not a newbie it's no longer it hasn't been a newbie for a long time homie and creator kohei horikoshi has grown busier each year since as my hero approaches its 10th anniversary all eyes are on horikoshi now i'm gonna say this too real quickly with it approaching 10 years i wouldn't be surprised if this is where 110 percent horikoshi is going to end the manga 10 years my hero academia maybe that whole 10 years 10 movie plan is more like 10 years 10 manga well i was gonna say 10 manga volumes 10 years for the manga as they want to see what fights he will bring out next. He has set a high bar after all. And the artist just shared his secret to inking the best battles. The update comes from the artist himself. As Horikoshi penned a letter to fans for Jump Festa 2024. The big event put My Hero center stage. And it was there he shared some notes about his creative process. So of course we were surprised when Horikoshi revealed. How he approaches new fights in the manga. It turns out Horikoshi has a specific process when making fight scenes. And it stems from the anime. The creator said when he begins drafting a fight scene. 
scene, he thinks to himself whether the song You Say Run would fit in the background. If the scene doesn't vibe with the song, he starts over. And of course, any battle that suits You Say Run gets to lie bearing any editor's suggestions. Wait a minute. You Say Run. Is that, I feel like, is that the Hajime no Ippo original song? Or am I super bugging? Maybe it's a My Hero song and I'm not, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's something totally unrelated. Anyway, now if you are unfamiliar with You Say Run, we are sure you will recognize the track if you give it a listen. The track is one of the defining OSTs from My Hero. Okay, yes, not. Composed by Yuki Hayashi, and it plays during a ton of battle climaxes, from Deku versus Bakugo to All Might versus All for One. The song's fingerprint is all over My Hero. As it turns out, the song's DNA has changed how Horikoshi drafts his manga. So, yeah, it seems as though he drafts fights to whether or not they would fit a song that he really enjoys from the My Hero anime. Okay, that's interesting. I, I've seen a lot of cases where the anime influences the manga creator to go in different directions. And then moving forward, we got another story. My Hero Academia creator originally wanted to kill a major character. During its time, My Hero has done a lot to its main characters, from the reunions to deaths and victories. Creator Horikoshi has, has thrown it all at our faves. For characters like Endeavor, they have also had to contend with their redemption arcs as they began the series on the wrong foot. And as it turns out, Horikoshi was originally planning to kill off Endeavor. The confession was given by Horikoshi at Jump Festa 2024. During My Hero's panel, it was revealed in a letter that Horikoshi planned to kill Endeavor. The pro hero was meant to die at the start of the paranormal liberation war, but the decision decision was pulled at the last minute. According to Horikoshi, Endeavor was meant to die during the war, but the creator changed his mind just before the conflict arose. The decision was changed once Horikoshi began inking Endeavor versus High End. After seeing the changes in Endeavor, Horikoshi felt it would be best for the hero's arc if he stayed alive. Of course, the manga stuck to his script and Endeavor has grown leaps as such. After all, there's so much Endeavor would have missed if he died during the war. His fall from Grace and Dobby's revelation would have totally passed Endeavor by. While many fans cannot forgive the man for his abusive past, they do agree with his change for the better has been incredibly cathartic. It is rare to see abusers in fiction undergo an in-depth redemption arc. Endeavor has been given that gift and this kind of path was repeated with Bakugo Kotsky. And yeah, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Endeavor dying early while some people probably would have been like, yeah, yo, it shows stakes in my hero academia. Uh, Endeavor was one character that his redemption arc has been phenomenal. So killing off the character, we would have been deprived of many awesome moments of seeing him, you know, rise, so to speak, up from all of the messed up stuff that he was enduring and all the mess of stuff that he was dishing out with his fam or whatnot so it's dope to see that he actually got redemption and has uh, changed his ways so yeah i don't think him dying earlier would have been to any benefit of the story of my hero then we got my hero academia creator reveals his top music picks of 2023 okay homie he's giving us his you know obama list you know what i'm saying how obama would be dropping this is my music i listen to well i guess we got horikoshi's now uh, my hero academia's anime score has been a major part of the series accentuating the highs and lows of ua academy for six seasons and three movies with the anime adaptation set to receive its seventh season and its fourth movie in 2024 it's not difficult to state that the soundtracks for both will be integral to the do-gooders adventures besides the soundtrack music played a big part in the fourth season of My Hero's anime adaptation as the school festival arc saw Class 1A putting a band together to help bring some smiles to the faces of both its student body and civilians. Of course, the festival didn't go exactly as planned as the villain's gentle criminal and La Brava enter the picture. Horikoshi often takes the opportunity to share his thoughts both on his official social media accounts and in the pages of Weekly Shonen Jump. Before 2023 ends, the manga shared the three top bands that he enjoyed this year and wanted to recommend to his fans. If you haven't heard these artists before, 
They now have Horikoshi's seal of approval. At number three is Heilong. Number two, Kuraura Misaka. And number one, Oh No Darkness. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Alrighty then, Horikoshi. Yeah, why not? And also, oh, in case you don't know, My Hero has a fourth movie that will be arriving sometime summer 2024. So look forward to that. And salute to Horikoshi. I didn't know that he sent the letter to uh, Shonen Jump Festa this year, but... It's always dope to hear. Moving forward, we finally got an update from the author of Ruri Dragon. In case you don't know what Ruri Dragon is, it was a manga that debuted in Shonen Jump a couple of years back. It had a massive sensation of a hit very early on. And after about a volume's worth of material, the author went on hiatus and it's been like that ever since. Well, it's good to hear that there's an update. Let's check out what's going on. Ruri Dragon creator shares hiatus update. Ruri Dragon's been such a popular series with its fans in just the first few chapters alone that the manga actually won ninth place with fans voting for Kono Manga Gasugoi 2024 awards. To help celebrate the award, Ruri Dragon creator Masaoki Shindo shared a special sketch with fans on X along with the following hopeful message for the manga's future in 2024. To everyone who tuned in their votes, thank you so much. I'm sorry you haven't heard from me in a while. My health is fine right now. I will do my best to deliver good news next year. So 99% chance Ruri Dragon will be back next year. But who knows? Maybe this might be another Tagashi-esque type of thing where the author shows up, drops off a couple volumes, then goes back on hiatus. Maybe that's been the plan all along. Maybe this is an experiment on Jump's behalf of, can we make a successful series and kind of just have it go on breaks very often? Maybe. Who knows? Ruri Dragon is currently available, of course, on Shonen Jump with just six chapters. We will inform the series comeback in upcoming weekly Shonen Jump series. We're very sorry to all readers who are looking forward to the series and kept sending comments and letters. We'll do our best to bring back Ruri's daily life, so we would appreciate it if you could look over us in the... Uh, and yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I... Because this series has started being absent, what? Issue 33 due to poor physical condition. I'm wondering just exact... Because like, damn, what type of poor physical condition? If you knew you're getting into Shonen Jump and you already had a pre-existing health condition, that's a little bit like, oh, shucks. But then on top of that, if you actually contract i don't know it's a messy situation either way ruri dragon will probably be back in 2023 because this is the first time i've heard the author speak since going on hiatus moving forward we got a big big update in case you don't know in japan there's select spots that are really really big or have been really really big hives for anime and manga fans for many many years these are the spots like ikebukuro where you know anime and manga fans go and get all their merch it's a very big deal well apparently there's a lot of different situations going on in the scene where certain places are rising, certain places are falling. Let's take a look at exactly what's going on in Japan's anime manga scene because, again, this is the home, the hub, so to speak, of all of this. Ikebukuro on the rise, Akiba on the decline with Otaku's next generation. Akihabara, the home of Otaku from all around the world, but a recent article points to a new contender for the throne. For more than 20 years, Akihabara has claimed the title of Home of Otaku. Yeah, I've always heard of Akihabara. It's no wonder why, since the town is inundated with anime, manga, idol, and other subcultures. However, a new article from the Nihon Keizei Shinbun suggests younger otaku find Ikebukuro as their new home. On November 5th, Nikkei published an article on the changing shopping habits of anime manga fans. The article notes how internet shopping have impacted Akihabara as a whole, from the closing of numerous otaku-related arcades and stores such as the Toranoana Akihabara A-Store and the consolation of all the anime 
Akihabara locations into neighboring buildings to ease of the finding rare items online. Akihabara is losing its prestige as a one-stop shop for all your otaku needs. This isn't all that surprising though, as over the years Akihabara has shifted its priorities to meet its current needs. Originally, the electric district of Tokyo people would flock to Akihabara for cheap or even niche electronic products. During the boom in personalized computers in the 1980s and 90s, the town began attracting fans of computer parts and products. While it's still possible to find electronics in Akihabara, since about the 2000s, there's been a shift in catering to anime and manga fans, likely due to the crossover between computer and anime fans. As Akihabara grew in popularity, so did its cultural cash. And soon enough, the town found itself being promoted in anime and manga alike. Once that happened, Akihabara began another slow and steady change to a tourist destination. None of this is bad for Akihabara. In fact, it's brought a new awareness to the town. However, one of the undue effects on its town is that it's lost a lot of what made it unique. Some of the comments on the news aggregate blog Yaraon point this out. One commenter said that there's no need to go to Akiba now. I can buy electronic parts online. Unfortunately, there are far more nationalistic comments on the site as well. They generally focus on how there are too many foreigners visiting Akihabara. And because of this, the commenters lack interest in going to the town. So where are all the otaku going instead? The Nikkei article suggests Ikebukuro as a new destination. For more specifically, the article stated roughly translated, If Akihabara is for male otaku, then Ikebukuro is for female otaku. And for good reason. The Otome Road, a street just south of Sunshine City, features numerous anime and manga related shops that cater to women's interests. Male voice actors, boys love works, oh god, to an assortment of anime and manga related cafes. What's more? Anime's main store, which reopened in March 2023 after extensive renovations, is in Ikebukuro. Add on top of this, more and more anime-related events are being hosted in Ikebukuro, such as the Halloween cosplay fest or the regular cosplay events at Sunshine City. This has resulted in Ikebukuro slowly gaining traction among Gen Z and younger, as well as female otaku. It's interesting seeing younger Japanese anime manga fans and otaku in general flock towards Ikebukuro over Akihabara. Even more so when you consider a place like Nakamura. Nakano, more specifically the Nakano Broadway, has that old school otaku feel to it. Yet at the same time, it makes perfect sense as Ikebukuro has been one of the go-to destinations for young people. Add this to how otaku subculture in Japan has slowly become accepted by the mainstream. It's no wonder Ikebukuro is becoming a hotbed for otaku culture. That being said, Akihabara will still hold a certain amount of that otaku clout, even if some Japanese people believe they have no need to go there anymore. Yeah, it just seems like the scene is changing. Obviously, uh, anime and manga fans, we've gotten a brand new batch over the last half a decade or so, especially with the pandemic. People are going to want to go different places. Some places feel like they're old school. So it's natural, honestly. It's not the biggest. I thought this was a little bit of a different story until we got into the meat of it. It's like... Eh, go get your anime and manga where you get it. Moving forward, Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender has shared new images. As you can see, Avatar The Last Airbender released a slew of new visuals in honor of the winter solstice. The six shots bring different characters from the Avatar universe to life. And yes, Aang is included in the special images. As you can see, the image on the top left brings Grand Grand to life courtesy of Casey Camp Hornick. The Image next to them focus on Suki with Mayor Yukari, and the following shots were treated with other special peaks, including Danny, Audie's mechanist, and Jet, courtesy of Sebastian 
Amoruso. Finally, the shots are topped with a look at June preparing for battle while another shows Aang in deep meditation. At this point, Avatar The Last Airbender is slated to bring his big premiere around early 2024. This live action is the franchise's second, so the stakes are high here. Hollywood infamously botched its take on Aang's story with The Last Airbender, so fans worldwide are weary of this big adaptation. But thanks to this latest sneak peek, we can see things are going rather smoothly for Avatar The Last Airbender right now and looking at some of these shots i ain't gonna lie it is looking better than the old avatar last airbender live action but i remember there was a little bit of drama uh, surrounding this thing a few years back when the original creators walked away from this so i'm curious like if, if this is going to be a bait and switch like yo the aesthetics it looks really good but the movie sucks it, it'll be a case of we gotta wait and see we'll 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 know once the actual show drops and we check it out and not going off of word of mouth. Yeah, these things can be extremely deceiving. I've already multiple times with the One Piece live action. The first couple of imagery and trailers was like, then it turned out to be pretty good. Yu Yu Hakusho live action has been a, a whirlwind of emotion. So yeah, we'll see what happens when it comes. Moving forward, we got a sneak peek from Adult Swim's upcoming Rick and Morty the Anime. Adult Swim's YouTube page began streaming a sneak peek video for Rick and Morty the Anime on Monday. The anime will be an original work with adapted themes and events from the main Rick and Morty animated series. And based off of the trailer, I ain't gonna lie. It's just, for me, it's always weird to see like something like like i remember i saw like recently a king of the hill with the japanese audio the japanese version of king of the hill not like animation wise it's just like you know the the dub the japanese dub so to speak so watching rick and morty with japanese voices coming out of the characters mouths just feels so weird <laughs> i ain't gonna lie it's, it feels so weird like i could t i mean i love sub anime sure but it just feels strange i'm like where's what's his name homie why isn't his voice coming out of that mouth what's going on here so definitely a little bit of a okay then why not but yeah based off of the trailer i ain't gonna lie the rick and morty the anime doesn't look much different from regular rick and morty they could try and twist it whatnot if you when you think of anime you think of a different and distinct art style so to see it kind of looks pretty much just like regular rick and morty i'm not expecting much difference from it other than maybe more anime related tropes and things of that nature but time will tell we will see moving forward we got the final season of dr stone announced dr stone season four is confirmed to be the final season and it is titled dr stone science future there's a tv anime pv and the series announced production of its fourth and final season with more information to come in the future uh salute to them actually not giving up on dr stone considering the manga ended a few years back and the series was never the most popular thing in the world them giving it the opportunity and giving it a final season to adapt everything i'm not sure if it's rushed i'm not sure what has happened since i finished up with season two but i do know that dr stone is awesome and i'm grateful that they're giving it a chance to you know finish off the story although it feels like dr stone from i, I never finished the manga but it feels like from what i've been told that dr stone could technically continue whenever they wanted it to so there's that as well but yeah dr stone fourth and final season has been confirmed hopefully they do it justice because dr stone was pretty cool from what i remember moving forward gundam creator addresses anime's new 
Golden Age. It's hard to believe Gundam made his big debut in 1979. Over the decades, the Mecha series has made big moves and it helped overhaul the sci-fi genre. Much of his success comes from Yoshiyuki Tomino as the gifted artist birthed Gundam at Sunrise. To this day, the 82-year-old still works on Gundam's latest projects as a recent interview with the creator has revealed his take on the anime industry's recent renaissance. The information comes straight from Toyo Keize, a popular newspaper in Japan. The publication spoke with Tomino about the state of the anime industry today and it was there the Gundam creator broke down his thoughts. Tomino is as excited by the industry's renaissance like most others but he cautions burnout might be on the horizon. The anime boom is currently at its peak Tomino shared. The creator went on to say he believes the industry is in a golden age of sorts so he's thankful. After all anime has become a truly global medium. Technology and social media have put anime on the map across the world and it is very much a mainstream interest. This attention has left Tomino busy but the Gundam creator does say the industry may decline within the decade if it follows in the steps of Disney. According to Tomino, he sees Disney's release plan as an example of what not to do. Yo, Tomino going in on Disney. Okay, Tomino. Alright, alright, I, I rock with it. The company's digitalization has rubbed Tomino the wrong way, and he has found Disney's latest animated releases boring and depressing. Damn! If the anime industry begins investing in brainless blockbusters, Tomino says the industry will hit an inevitable decline in five to six years. So if executives know what's best, they will put quality before quantity when ordering new series. Of course, Tomino is taking his own advice to heart as far as Gundam is concerned. These days, the franchise has a live action adaptation of the works with legendary entertainment that's been announced for like three or four years now at least, right? As for the anime, Gundam has several new projects in the works from the return of Mobile Suit Gundam C to a fully CG film. The series is staying busy. And I'll be honest with you, I will say that Tomino is a little bit capped just in terms of like, yo, there's like a million Gundam series out there, homie. You know what I'm saying? And that, you could throw the argument, has watered down Gundam in terms of most people that even is interested in Gundam have no idea where do they start. Do they start with the Universal Century timeline going back to the original 1979 Gundam? When you're watching that, should you watch the OVA War in the Pocket? What's going on with Seed Seed Destiny? Should I watch Double O? There is so much Gundam out there that it makes you like, like, damn, I don't even know. Maybe I should. It, it's intimidating. So I will say that while I respect Tomino talking out against Disney, it's kind of crazy. Maybe he realized like, yo, Disney's never going to rock with Gundam anyway. Screw them. I, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Tomino, Gundam, there's a lot of Gundam out there. I'm just saying too, you know what I'm saying? I know, I know maybe a little bit of a different argument, but just wanted to throw that one in there. Moving forward, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure hypes new series with Dio-centric promo. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recently introduced new stars Jodeo and Dragona thanks to the latest arc, The Jojo Lands. While this might be an entirely new storyline from creator Hirohiko Araki, the arc has taken the opportunity to bring back a fan-favorite character as Kishibe Rohan made a surprising comeback. Now to help promote the latest manga tale, the voice behind a new take on series villain Dio Brando has lent their talent to a new video that highlights The Jojo Lands. Dio Brando might have died at the end of Stardust Crusaders, but his legacy lived on following his demise. In Golden Wind, we witnessed Dio son Giorno Giovanna taking over the reins of the story as he fought to free Italy from a mafia organization. Salute to that part. It's underrated, underappreciated, maybe because the ending starts getting a little loopy, but I love that part of JoJo so much. In Stone Ocean, we're able to see Dio's dream live on thanks to Pucci, the villainous priest who was aiming to attain heaven. At the end of Stone Ocean, fans witnessed the reality of the Joe stars change forever as Jolene's story led to Steel Ball Run. While Dio Brando 
Brando obviously didn't have a part to play in the alternate universe, a new Brando hit the scene in Diego Brando, who was far less vampiric than his predecessor. In Japan, more than a few anime properties have received live-action stage plays, with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure slated to join them. Starting in February next year, Phantom Blood will be receiving its very own musical, which will take the events of the first outing of the Joestar bloodline and slap some tunes onto it. That probably will be fire. Uh, stage play of JoJo seems like it's something that needs to happen. To help promote the latest manga arc, the actor playing Dio Brando, Mamoru Miyano, has helped to create a new trailer. I love how his name is Mamoru, which means protect, but it's Dio Brando. So what is he saying? Protect Dio Brando? Yo, it's crazy. Uh, JoJo Bizarre Adventure Part 9, JoJo Land's promo video narrated by Mamoru Miyano, aka Dio Brando, in the Phantom Blood musical, and that looks trippy in it of itself. And yeah, salute to JoJo's. I'm curious when they're going to announce the Steel Ball Run anime, because you know it's inevitable. It's just a matter of how they're going to go about it. Also, considering the fact that Stone Ocean... Uh, yeah, wasn't met with the most excitement opposed to all the other JoJo seasons because Netflix got the exclusives on that. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, Kaiju number eight director believes the anime is coming at the perfect time. I'll say so. Now that you've got something that is kind of like Kaiju with Attack on Titan getting out the way, Kaiju number eight might have its time to shine. Kaiju number eight is getting ready for its move into the spotlight for a few years now. The series has been entertaining readers, and now Kaiju number eight is plotting its move to the small screen. Next year the series will bring its anime to life and now the show's director is detailing why now is the perfect time to invest in kaiju number eight yo i'm wondering <laughs> crazy thought crazy theory but let's throw it in there i'm wondering if with kaiju number eight being born and despite the fact that it's very much so a lot more lighthearted than attack on titan less serious than attack on titan nevertheless a lot of people were like oh that's kind of because it's kaiju based or whatnot similar to attack on titan in certain regards and okay that might be the next attack on titan and it's funny how as Kaiju number 8 has been ramping up, it came out almost four years ago and still doesn't have an anime out. And Attack on Titans anime kept on getting prolonged every year. There's another part and another part and another part. I'm curious if there was any internal battles of, yo, we're going to stretch Attack on Titan as long as we can because they're trying to take our spot. I wouldn't be surprised if there's certain, you know, ideas, so to speak, of like, Okay, we're going to come for that spot, so to speak, whenever it's vacant. Similar to how, you know, Haikyuu ends and then Blue Lock comes in at the right time. And boom, Blue Lock is the number one selling manga of 2023. It could be a case of, yo, we need that kaiju type series, Attack on Titan, to get the F up out of here. So that way we can come with our kaiju number eight series. Just a thought, just a theory, who knows? It could be totally unrelated or there could be some credence to it. The information comes from Production IG as the studio behind Kaiju No. 8 shared a letter from Shigeyuki Miya. It was there the director shared his own experience with the monstrous manga and Miya said Kaiju No. 8 helped him through the turbulent times we face today. We are in the midst of turbulent times and many people feel as though they are the only ones being left behind as the normal things we used to know are disappearing one by one. To be honest, I felt the same way. At that time, I suddenly read Kaiju number 8. I instantly became a big fan of Kafka, the main character who used to be on this side of things and the passionate ensemble drama. After going through various twists and turns, I have reached the point where I am today, he shared. There is a lot of pressure, but as a fan of Kaiju number 8 and one who has been encouraged and entertained by this work, the entire staff will work together to make it as well as we can please look forward to it 
And yeah, I could imagine the pressure of creating Kaiju Number Eight's anime. They're all, you know, what I'm saying Kaiju Number Eight is extremely successful as a manga. It has what is it, 12 million? In the last I checked, 12 million copies sold, and and it's been like three or four years without an anime. That's similar numbers to what Chainsaw Man did prior to it getting an anime. Chainsaw Man, we know with the anime, didn't really do what people thought it would have done. Kaiju number 8, I'm sure they're trying desperately to make sure that when this thing comes out, we jump from 12 million to 24 million to 50 million to 80 million and 100 million. That's more than likely the goal, but time will tell. Kaiju number 8 is awesome, but the fans will decide if it is a hit. Moving forward, apparently the boy in the Huron is shattering Ghibli Studios' records. In case you don't know, that's the latest movie from uh, Hao Miyazaki, legendary creator from Studio Ghibli. When the latest Studio Ghibli movie was released into theaters in Japan, the legendary production house made a risky bet when it came to how they would sell it to the theater-going masses. They didn't do no promo. They spent $0 on promotion. Rather than releasing trailers and movie posters for the surreal anime, Ghibli decided to release next to no promo material for the film, banking on their reputation and the reputation of Hao Miyazaki to help sell the anime movie. From the box office receipts in both North America and Japan, it would seem their gamble paid off in dividends. Anime fans in the West have been able to see trailers prior to the film's release in theaters, but huge parts of the anime story remain a mystery. In the new press release from G-Kids, the company responsible for bringing it to North America, it was revealed that The Boy and the Huron has become the highest grossing movie from the studio in the West. At present, the movie has earned $23.4 million. I forgot about this thing, and if it is still in theaters, I want to go see it. Helping it to surpass Ponyo, which held the previous record in North America. The film can be caught in theaters with its original Japanese language and English subtitles, but also gathered a cast of heavy hitters for its English dub. I probably would just want to watch it in dub. Uh, when it comes to accolades, The Boy and the Huron scored its fair share. Aside from being nominated at the Golden Globes for Best Animated Feature, Ghibli's latest also scored awards from the likes of the Los Angeles Film Critics Association, New York Film Critics Circle, Chicago Film Critics Association, and Boston Film Critics Association. So it seems as though it has a lot of praise. And I'll be honest with you, I do want to watch this one. I've heard good things, and just in general, it seems like it'd be fun. I like watching from time to time one of those random, whether it be Miyazaki, whether it be uh, Shinkai, like... Like, those movies sometimes can be really dope and a good experience. So I kind of want to check this bad boy out. Moving forward, it seems as though it's just inevitable for Tokyo Ghoul to be revived. But that's not the story we're talking about. But since there's always something related to Tokyo Ghoul still being said despite the anime ending like, what was it, five, four or five years ago now? The manga ending four or five years ago now. And yet it feels like Tokyo Ghoul is still relevant. Tokyo Ghoul creator revives Ken Kaneki with new art. As you can see below, the art comes from Ishida straight on social media. The artist took to X to share the gift with Tokyo Ghoul fans in time for the holidays. We can see the artist's updated design for Ken in this piece. Dressed in a black jacket, Ken's white hair and mismatched eyes are impossible to miss. And if we're being honest, the character has never looked better. And looking at the image, man, y'all know 100,000%. A Tokyo Ghoul revival is just... It's just aching to happen. We got a One Piece anime remake incoming, okay? The One Piece. If they're doing that while One Piece is literally still ongoing, then they're making like episode 1000 or something. Come on, Tokyo Ghoul. At this point, any anytime now they could announce it. As long as they announce it with a proper studio that's going to do a proper adaptation and they're not going to remove, they got to keep the Oshi et If they remove Oshi et it's all over. Keep it. We don't want it. We want Oshi et <laughs> a.k.a unravel and we want a full true to blue adaptation from the manga beat by beat maybe change some stuff up 
slightly in the second half because the second half got a little bit wonky. Getsuri Shida to come in there and give his true vision when he's not manically depressed like he was drawing the finale of Tokyo Ghoul and give us a classic because if Parasite can get a beautifully done anime, Tokyo Ghoul, which is a similar type of series. I know you're like, why are you bringing up Parasite? They're, they're similar stories. Tokyo Ghoul deserves it. And then some, I love Tokyo Ghoul so much. And it's so cool to see Suishida giving us another drawing of Ken Kaneki, even though he looks wildly different than the Ken I remember. All right, people. And then we just got a few extra stories that I wanted to speed run through you real quick. For starters, Kaiu Shirai, the writer of The Promised Neverland, will be publishing a new work titled Kubi Gesho alongside Shiki Hamada, the Buster Sweet creator, and upcoming weekly Shonen Jump issues number six, Slash seven. This new 40 page or 47 page work will also receive a color page. I definitely am interested. Anytime we get anything from the Promise of a Land creators, I'm always interested. I love the Promise of a Land for better or worse. Then Marshall by Hajime Komodo will be publishing a special side story in upcoming weekly Shonen Jump issue number six seven. This new 37 page chapter will be receiving a color page. They probably are gearing up to get a couple of chapters out there to put out another volume or two considering the anime is coming out and they're probably like might as well make a couple more bucks off this thing before it's over and considering the anime ain't that popular anyway let's figure something out uh then we got spy family that has reached 34 million copies in circulation with 12 volumes that is crazy because i think spy family and kaiju number eight came out roughly in the same ballpark of time and while kaiju number eight with i think it's like 11 volumes it has 12 million sales spy family clearly is the winner if there was a race between the two on which one would be more successful because with 12 volumes 34 million copies spy family is winning and we got the movie coming out soon that might give it another big boost so who knows by the end of 2024 we could have probably even 50 million sales or more for spy family nuts so stuff and then we got don the don by tatsu yuki nobu which has reached 3.2 million copies in circulation with 13 volumes that anime might do something we will see if the edginess of don the don is enough to you know push it into stardom when that science sado created anime comes to fruition uh and let's jump into the weekly shonen jump author comments uh, we haven't had those in quite some time. Y'all know I went on my break, but we got Sakamoto Days, Yuto Suzuki. I saw Godzilla Minus One. The monster special effects blew me away. I haven't watched Godzilla in a long time. We got Tadatoshi Fujimaki, Kill Blue, aka creator of Kuroko no Basket. I've been cursed to now Uber Eats from the neighborhood McDonald's every time I'm in the mood, even if I can't leave the house. Alrighty then. Dr. Stone, Richiro Inagaki. Next chapter is the last, and the anime is over with this week's episode, but there are amazing so please check them out and i think he's referring to the last of the three new chapters that they put out for dr stone and we also got boichi the artist he said oh it's so fun drawing dr stone is the best so fun i wonder if there's a level of sarcasm there new is exorcist kota kawaii either that or he thinks it's so fun because of the bag that he gets with it they're selling the gracoro sandwich at mcdonald's right now and i like to try it at least once what the hell is the gracoro sandwich gracoro maybe it's guacamole i don't know kagurabachi's taco I want to get used to the weekly serialization schedule so I can start going through my movie backlog. I want to see QB. And also, just a quick little note. I saw that apparently Kagurabachi recently got trademarked. So despite the fact that there were some rumors that it would get canceled, there's been multiple press releases, even at Shonen Jump Festa, of people speaking out and saying, yo, it may not be that big in Japan, but it's really big worldwide. And then they did a trademarking of it. I'm going to call it right now. Kagurabachi, at worst case scenario, 
video, it'll get removed from Shonen Jump, but it'll be put in a different magazine. They will not cancel Kagurabachi. I'm going to call that because it's too, for better or worse, with memes and all that stuff, too many people know about it. It's a smash hit outside, or not a smash hit, but it's a pretty significant hit. It's popular. It's known outside of Japan. They don't want to get rid of that. So they might, if it gets removed from Shonen Jump, it'll just be that, yo, we're putting it in, you know, a monthly magazine or a quarterly release, or it's going to go on the digital, you know, Shonen Jump Plus. They're not going to completely axe it. I'm going to call it. And I wish it would have been the same case with stuff like <sighs> Hungry Joker and all those other legendary series, Samurai 8. But Jump Plus wasn't as popular back then as it is now to give these outlets. And anime manga wasn't as popular either. Uh, Blue Locks, Koji Miura. I watched Gegege no Nazo. I have to be careful when making comments about movies I've seen because I don't want to spoil anything. Right on. Spoiler free. Jujutsu Kaisen makes it sound like the battle is just getting started. But the kanji hit then leave makes it seem like you've already won. I've been listening to Superman by Tempele nonstop. What a great song. Highly recommended. Undead Unlocks Yoshifumi Tozuka. Kimberly's new costume has coloring similar to Zeku. I'm so happy. Thank you, Capcom. It's great. We got, let's see here, Green Green Greens. Kento Terasaka. This must have got serialized while I was on break because I don't remember this. The cylindrical space heater with the knee rest is like a personal kotatsu. And it's amazing. Recommended to those who get cold easily. Right on. The elusive samurai Yusei Matsui. I ended up missing out on eating the misokin this year. I don't want to rely on a reseller. So I'll just hope they go on sale again. Shadow Eliminators Kento Amemiya. Chapter 1 was hard to read. And I messed up setting up my pages. It's embarrassing and I have no excuses. I'll do better. Jeez. Be a little bit easier on yourself there, buddy. Witch Watch, Kento Shinohara. I will always love you. May you rest in peace, Yusuke Chiba. Rest in peace to that person. I'm not sure who that is or if that's a character from one of the series. Mission Yozakura Family's Hitsuji Gandaira. I wanted to see the Aurora in Hokkaido. That red curtain looked so beautiful. Thank you, Magnetic Storm. Martial Master Asumi Kawada. My family got the flu. They were vaccinated, but it seemed rough. Take care, everyone. We will not touch up on that. Miyaroboku Shihimiyazaki. Odin has regional differences, so it might be a good idea to try it when you're traveling. Mamayuyu Yoshihiko Hayashi. If I'm reborn, I'd like to be a turtle at the zoo. No enemies, constant food, and you live a long life. I don't know. I don't know. Life as a turtle just kind of sounds dull. I don't know. Maybe I'm off on that. Cypher Academy, Yuji Iwasaki. The horse equinox has retired. I'm glad I got to see him run at the Tenno race and the Japan Cup. And last comment from Two on Ice's Elk Itsumo. Mistletoe isn't four minutes long, so other Christmas songs have been added. Right on. And those were the weekly Shonen Jump author comments. Let's close this episode off with the top 50 best-selling manga of the week. Courtesy, of course, of the man, the myth, the legend, Jose underscore Ke over on Twitter. We got, let's see, places 50 through 41 at 50 and 49. So, so no free error in volumes 4 and 5 with 14.3K of peace. We got... Kusuriya no Hirori Goto, Volumes 12, 4, uh, both doing 14.6 apiece. Again, I got to see what the heck the hub above is about. Uh, we got Dark Gathering, uh, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because the cover looks cool. Why not? 7 Days, 14.7K. Okay, I, I wonder what that is about. What's the publisher? Let's see. It's Shueisha. Okay. And the manga is Kenichi Kondo. I got to check that out. Uh, so, so no free errand. The backlogs continue. Volume 11 and 2. Both selling 14.7 apiece. 
Okay, let's go to places 40 through 31. My Hero Academia, volume 39. In 39 days, 560K with 15.5 this week. That cover's kind of fly. That cover's pretty fly. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, so, so, No Fairer in volume 1. And 1,200, damn, that volume been out for 1,200 days. 903K. I need to get back up on it. I'm like four or five episodes behind it. I, I had a decent time watching it. I don't want to say it was the greatest thing in the world. It's just something about it that I kind of somewhat enjoy watching. Record of Ragnarok, volume 20. 21 days, 146. I feel Record of Ragnarok has lost a lot of popularity. I don't think the anime helped it at all, I'm going to be honest. The Hitori Goto series, the box set of volumes 1 through 3, did 17.5k this week, 140k. I wonder if those volumes also count towards the overall volume sales of volumes 1 through 3, or since it's a box set, it's counted differently. Uh, volumes 30 through 21, Fairy Tale 100 Years Quest, volume 16, and 4 days, 18 15.5k so almost 20k not bad 28 Jujutsu Kaisen volume 24 in 68 days 1.255 million Undead on Luck volume 19 in 7 days 20k what else Kingdom volume 70 in 24 days over half a million 504,000 Ayakashi Triangle volume 16 I wonder if it's over uh, or not not if it's over I know the series is over I wonder if this is the final volume in 7 days 27k not bad then we got places let's see here 20 through 11 at number 20 One Piece volume 107 39 days 1.4 million Oshinoko volume 13 in 24 days 335,000 I think the Oshinoko craze has kind of subsided a bit I might be wrong on that uh, we got, let's see, at number 13, Witch Watch's new volume in 7 days, 31.9. Not too bad. It could be better. Uh, Akane Banashi, volume 9 in 7 days, 35.7K. Uh, then we got The Summer Hikaru Died, volume 4 in 7 days, 68K. Not bad. Not bad at all. But then we got top 10, top 10, top 10, top 10. We got the spinoff chibi series for Demon Slayer, Kimetsu Gakuen. Uh, volume 5 in 7 days 50.3 not bad at all considering the author the original author is getting paid and doing nothing uh, we got Don the Don volume 12 in 7 days 53k pretty big one pretty big one pause uh, we got Gokuraku Guy volume 3 in 7 days 54k that's pretty good uh, Irumakun Volume 1 in 4 days. This must be a spinoff episode of Mafia. Yeah, I think it's a spinoff. In 4 days, 54.6. At number 5, Blue Box Volume 13 in 7 days, 72K. Pretty good for Blue Box. Uh, the original Irumakun Volume 35 in 4 days, 83.9K. That's great. Uh, what I was talking about earlier in this episode of Forever News, Dragon Ball Super, latest volume, 22 in 7 days, despite the fact that it's a remake of the Cell Max Dragon Ball Super Superhero film, it did 87K. Now, granted, that is a, a big step down compared to prior to the superhero arc. It was doing like 130, 150, or something like that. But it's still notable that, bro, you're almost doing 100K on something that nobody wants. Nobody asked for it. I personally don't care. So salute to it, pushing these volumes and doing these numbers. And number two, the accurate number and an accurate representation because we talked about last week that uh, Chainsaw Man Volume 16 had really, really no low numbers. But I think that was like unofficial sales that was listed. In seven days, it did 168.9. And even then, or I'm sorry, in seven days, it did 181K. But even then, Chainsaw Man sales have dropped. Chainsaw Man was doing at least 200,000 plus first week 
So a full seven days, 181. Sales and popularity and overall attention is starting to wane. I'm wondering if that new movie, the Reze Arc film, is going to push things and put things where it needs to be. Time will tell. Uh, then coming in at number one, in seven days, also pretty low, man. I, I want to see these digital sales numbers. Kaiju number eight, volume 11, in seven days, 185K. Literally, I remember years ago, and I guess times have changed, but Kaiju number eight was doing like four, five, six hundred thousand week one. To be going from that to a full seven days, 185, manga sales, at least physical, are down dramatically. But Salute to all the manga regardless. Salute to all of them because they all win us for selling, you know, some copies. It's hard to sell anything. So salute to them. And, yeah, that's all we have for this episode of Forever News. Thanks for watching. I'm Tim. And, as always, people, have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule. Anime and manga for life. Bye. Have an awesome day. Peace. And you guys just watched another episode of Forever News. Have an awesome day. Peace. In, and subscribe and hit that bell if you haven't already. Help yourself. Do it. Have an awesome one. Oh. The Rise of Tim Roosevelt, out now. Peep that too. Action. Maybe you can see when I'm moving. Never can I lie to the beauty. Never can I have what I'm doing. Maybe our love is a movie. Maybe our love is a movie. Maybe our love is a movie. Never can I have what I'm doing. Maybe our love.